back again in your living room or your ear canal. Wherever you want us, we'll be there. No, not not everywhere. <laughs> Don't ever say everywhere or anywhere because you know there are some fucked up people out there. I'm just leaving the options open. <laughs> Fine. You go down the icky road. Much like the ear canals. <laughs> I guess there's a fetish for that as well. Well, well that's not why we're here. No, nope. I, I guess not. <laughs> this is the Dead Red Herring Podcast. So it is, as it and, seems. Uh, we're uh, returning to another discussion about tabletop role-playing games. Hmm? At least that's the idea. Yeah. Because you never know where we'll go with insane ramblings and weird segues. Well, it's like tabletop role-plays, asterisk ramblings, or tangents, so you never know what you're going to get. You know, it's like, it, it's the party just never doing what they're supposed to do. Yeah. It's, you, you send in the obvious hook, and they're like, we didn't get it. Was that a hook? Fucking. And instead, they, they go out and just ruin the whole town. Now, what are you insinuating? <laughs> Nothing. If you're referring to the situation with the dead roaming the city, I was barely involved. <laughs> <laughs> it was all your fault. Did we set them on fire? Yes, you did. Who knew embalming was flammable? <laughs> yeah, fuck it. We didn't. <laughs> we do now. <laughs> the city of Hardalon suddenly does. <clears throat> yep. Well, what's left of it? Yeah. <laughs> we don't talk about that. We don't talk about Hardalon. We don't go there anymore. <laughs> But, uh, anyways, do, doing a little turn here. Last time we were talking about how we have our own games, stuff yep. like that, and, and then went on a weird ramble about almost everything else. It was some sort of insane homeless people rambling there, yeah. You can be homeless, I'm not. I'd rather not be, but or, moving on. <laughs> but I was thinking that this time, why don't you... Tell us about your game. Tell the audience. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Tell all the children. Tell the children. And the other ones. <laughs> the children and the older ones. The children of all ages. Anyway, yes. Wait, and the old ones? Yes. Oh, no. Let's tell the old ones. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Cthulhu! <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> Brain melt. <laughs> Oh, there I go. <laughs> but, but, yes. but it's not a uh, Eldritch Horror kind of game you have, right? No, no, not really, no. We we talked, or we touched a little bit last uh, time about um, the superhero genre, or the superhero game. And we, what I'm doing is some sort of superhero game, which I would almost uh, describe as... You know how we went into Reality Plus, uh, um, yeah, that, that kind of situation or genre, so to speak. It is set in real, or, well, in modern time, but with a little bit more, so to say. More. Sort of, uh, well, somewhat more evolved in technology than we have nowadays. So you have... So then you can, well, realistically have the options of having 
greater technology for your heroes. So sci-fi esque. Because it's not a fantasy game. No. That's for sure. Exactly. Well, now that you say say it like that, I would say sci-fi, yeah. That's a weird thing. I never thought about that. (laughs) Yeah, a side tangent just quickly. If you look at more or less any comic book that comes out of the West that deals with superheroes, Mm. it is technically always sci-fi. Yeah. Because they have technology that is way beyond what we have and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. And that is part of the definition of sci-fi. That it is, because we always associate sci-fi with space. Yeah. Well, and basically it's just science fiction. Yeah. The first science fiction was uh, Jules Verne's... uh, Whichever he wrote first. (laughs) Yeah, I don't remember how many leagues underneath the sea it is, but yeah. Lots. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of it, It's, it's the goddamn U-boat. <laughs> yeah. Before the time of U-boats. Yeah. So that's actually sci-fi. Yeah. Th- th- all right. Then I stand... Corrected. corrected. <laughs> I stand erected. That I do. <laughs> well, I, It's yeah, you, I, Sargon, and Chuck Schumer that stands erected. Yep. Erection fraud. <laughs> White, <laughs> <laughs> damn right we do. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah. yeah. T- t- tell the audience how come you want to make a game like that? Because I, well, I'm almost gonna say childishly fond of the the subject of superheroes or people with abilities, the superhuman abilities. So, and since the well. Uprise in, well, in the olden days, comics and uh, nowadays, uh, movie based. Movie based? No, wait. The other way around. Comic. No? Yeah, comic based movies. Uh huh. Good God, I'm talking out of my ass today. Don't, don't you always? Yeah, <laughs> funny guy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I sort of wanted to do my own little, little spin, but my own little creative adventure or my own little creative epic with that kind of genre because it is well it's very diverse in what you can do with characters or games in all with that kind of uh, yeah with with that kind of uh, genre so i i really really was fond of it and then it got me thinking okay where would this set place i mean we we could since it is well a modern day sci-fi let's just call it that then Mm-hmm. A modern-day super-ability sci-fi. There you have it. <laughs> Trademarked. No, wait. So I'm thinking, are you making it... Uh, I, I know we've been talking about it before, but when you started creating this, was it meant to be a specific sort of game, or was there any... Well, I, I am, as a famous... Uh, well... As a, as a famous as a man, famous man someone. Once, as a famous someone once said, I have a dream that one day I will be able to create a game that is, well, it's a free-roaming superhero game. So I have that in mind. And then I want the, the freedom to create whatever character, whatever ability you want. So then both you and I got talking about that and 
we sort of came to the agreement that it would really fit as a role-playing game, at least to test the system. Mm-hmm. So then, because you want to make it as a uh, computer game, yes. And now, among making a computer game, I am I am very open, and I am very very on to make it uh, as a playable tabletop as well. Because, well, the formula works; mm-hmm. it just works. <laughs> <laughs> That's never a good sign. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the but, reason why, when we were discussing it, that I said you should try and make it as a tabletop first mm-hmm. is, well, on one hand, it's easier to test it out, see what works, what doesn't work, find a balance and stuff like that. Yeah. And also, the way I see it is that if you want to have this total freedom that you're yeah. talking about, you'll never have that freedom in a computer form, electronic form, not at least in the same capacity as you have it in a tabletop role-playing game. Because no, no, of course. And in, in that sense, you truly have the total freedom to do whatever you actually want to do, yeah. as long as your GM uh, okays it. Um, how liberal your GM is, yeah. Mm-hmm. While if you're doing it in a uh, electronic form, there will always be limitations to what can be done within the program. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, well, there, I, there, I'm sort of more in the freedom that you can just run around and just wield your power like a big pink rubber dildo and just squash people. That kind of freedom. Well, I'm kind of uh, concerned right now. Not as much as I am, but moving on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you, you have that sort of freedom in uh, tabletop, but then you have the narrative freedom in the tabletop. And, well, you have more of playing around freedom in computer form, I would argue. How so? Because, well, there's always going to be something the GM says that... So I said, all right, that's uh, enough playing out of you. Let's just come on, come, come on down back to the story, depending how liberal your GM is. Granted. So you're thinking about the whole just free roaming kind of, I feel like blowing up shit over here and then fly over to this place and, and stomp people or whatever. Well, there's a G- reason GTA has become a very popular genre, I, I would say. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> So let's just give the power of a small thermal nuclear device in that sense, and then we can really have fun. But I'm also thinking that there are games like this already out there. Like, for instance, uh, you had City of Heroes. I'm not sure if that's still active. Um, Yeah, it was active, but they shut it down. But there was talk about bringing it back into some other thing. And yeah, you, you would have the total creative freedom of doing whatever hero you wanted, but there was an eensy-teensy, tiny, little, uh, but ever so crucial problem with that. Uh-huh. It was an MMO. That's not always everyone's cup of tea. True. Certainly not mine. True. So I really want to give the single-player freedom with the option of co-op and all that in, with this kind of genre. So, either you have these games with the total creative freedom that is, well, they're forcing your hand into playing with others, and as we all know from kindergarten, that's not always fun. Come on, let's play with others! No! (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, it depends on if you went to kindergarten or not, I guess. <laughs> Cultured swine. Oh, anyways. Don't you know that a lot of people aren't as privileged I, as you? Going I to do kindergarten? Know it, and I do Harumph. look down on people, and I do feel <laughs> superior over them. <laughs> I feel superior because I went to kindergarten. <laughs> That's a whole new level of superiority, I'd say. <laughs> Once again, I think we're <laughs> strolling away from the subject. <laughs> oh boy, a tad. Yeah, but yeah, if, if we I, if we go for the perspective of the tabletop, yeah, because that, as we said, is the most well narratively uh, freedom. Uh, well, gives you the most freedom in the form of narrative and things to well do and interact with, so to speak. At least. I would say that. Overall, the tabletop is is better for freedom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I, I see. I see your, I see your point. But then, yeah, you kind of need a, a GM and people to play with. Well, you need at least a GM. Yeah, that that's yeah. That's... Otherwise, I I guess it's these. Uh, oh, what are they called? Solo adventure kind of flip book things. Oh yeah, choose your own adventure thing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> It'll be something like that. Yeah. Where you get all the uh, anime girls in the end. Hooray! Or something. <laughs> <laughs> Hooray or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, taking a look at the world or uh, the system, the setting, yeah. whatever we should call it. Yeah. There, I know there are some other superhero RPGs. Yeah. Tabletop RPGs out there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I have checking out a lot of um well, what is it called? Mutants and Masterminds. I know it's uh it's one of those games and it is I would say very much like very much what I am doing. I'm not saying a shameless ripoff because I had no idea it existed until I was halfway of creating the damn thing. And I, was, and I checked it out and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? So, um... So, well, at this point, knowing there are other games like that, why do you still feel the need? Or, or rather, let me ref- rephrase it. What... Is it that you want to have that isn't already available? Well, I would say it is the... I can't really say for sure that the others are... That you're giving the total freedom of creating whatever kind of character you want. I really can't say that they have that... So, I'm just going to let it go unsaid. But what I am trying to do with this game, it is that you really can do whatever kind of character, with whatever kind of power yeah, within your character creation limits, that is. Do whatever the kind of um, yeah, character you, you feel like doing. That you... You, should, you can have a class that fits into yours. And like I said, I am very sure that the other games have that kind of kind of thing also. So I really can't say for sure. I really should have done a lot of research on this. But we're across that bridge now, I guess. Yeah. 
But okay, so instead of comparing to the other games, uh, what is it that you've done? What kind of system is it that you have that allows for the total freedom of the creation? How are you accomplishing that? I am trying to accomplish it by dividing all kind of powers into specific categories. That is, uh, well, you have, if we're going to go down to uh, mere basics, you have projectional, how the fuck have that, projectory um, attacks that can be either ballistic and or energy. Where does that power come from or originate from? Or rather, or maybe just you're strong. Well, what, where does that um, what strength come from? Does it? Are you born with it? Are you? Uh, uh, how, how have you? <laughs> how have you acquired such strength in this? So I am trying to, well, through a semi-simple system, trying to boil down all kinds of abilities you under the sun into categories. That's going to be a lot of categories. That is going to be, well, some amount of categories. I mean, you're always going to find some new powers and like, what the fuck does that fit in? But you're always going to sort of find that, well, this power sort of fits in on this one, so... So it's still a bit of interpretation of what a power might be classified as. Yeah, exactly. And that's just merely uh, the power creation part of the whole thing. Then you have the whole, well... What does, uh, where do your power originate from? Have you acquired it through birth? Have you acquired it through, um, well, have you learned it? Have you got it through a procedure and or accident or something like that? So, well, you have, <laughs> let's just say, you can be born with the incredible strength. I mean, that's just a given. And you can learn incredible strength. I mean, just work out. <laughs> Go to the gym, scrub. <laughs> so... <laughs> And, and, or, well, well, through an accident, well, that's a given. Well, you have the Hulk for that. So, true, so, uh, true, that, that is an accident. That is a big accident, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I'm trying to boil down against that you can make your character as you see fit to, well, the story or, well, well your th- character. And you can will have, well, almost all kinds of power uh, acquainted to that kind of origin. But I'm thinking, you, you said almost all kinds of power. What kind of power would not be acceptable? Yeah, for, for instance, I have come to the conclusion, uh, if I'm going to give you an example, you have the elemental kind of manipulation, like, oh, for, for example, benders, if we're just going to pull that, that comes out of the air. You have, like, for instance, Firebender, or we have a um, pyrokinetic, let's just say like that. Someone mm-hmm. who can manipulate fire. <clears throat> you can... Uh, when I say you can be born with it, I'm saying within the <laughs> within the possibilities of my world. You can, well, born with that ability, well, then you're some sort of... In Marvel, they would say mutants. I call them freaks. <laughs> freaks! <laughs> So I, I am kind of fond of that. <laughs> fond of that uh, classification. You're fond of calling people freaks. I am very fond, of, <laughs> very fond of calling people freaks because they didn't go to kindergarten like I did. <laughs> <laughs> Dear God, there we go again. 
<laughs> but what I what I am trying to get out of this insane rambling that you can be born with a kind of ability, uh, you can get it through a um, well, let's just say procedure. Say well, say like well, you suddenly congratulations through this implant you can uh, control fire or you um. Well, I have a bonfire party and you fell into the bonfire and now you suddenly can control fire. I don't know. <laughs> Bullshit away, I guess. That that would be kind of interesting. Oh no, I fell into the bonfire and, and now I can control it. Because <laughs> the bonfire was placed on an Indian burial ground. <laughs> or someone had, had dug... Uh, had... Uh, dumped a whole lot of radioactive material like we talked about last time if gamma radiation worked the way it does in in comics or yeah. whatever <laughs> exactly and i mean that kind of bullshit uh... yeah so i, I guess <laughs> some of these things are gonna be a very much tongue-in-cheek like yeah we know that radiation might not be able to do this or cosmic uh, radiation might not be able to do this but just roll with it for the sake of fun. So it's the suspension of disbelief, ex- as exactly. we've been talking about. And as we know, the the superhero genre uh, is going to be <laughs> there's going to be a lot of suspension of disbelief before we're oh, done. Oh yeah, but what uh, I you mean, you you kind of hinge upon the suspension of disbelief for it to work at all. Yeah, exactly. So, but that brings me to the almost all kinds of power. But then it got me thinking of well, how can I incorporate that I can learn to control fire. How do we do that? Well, as they both do in, well, in DC, in Marvel, in very much other uh, superhero genres, we'll incorporate magic, of course. And then we have some sort of magic system. And I know that's going to be like, holy fuck, you bring in magic on top of this? Are you insane? Well, and at the same time, it's nothing new, because as you said, you have it in DC, you got it in Marvel. Yeah. You got it in, in I mean, it's part of the genre. Exactly. Honestly. Uh, funny enough, when talking about superheroes, or at least comic book heroes, one of the earliest, quote-unquote, superhero mm-hmm. was Mandrake the Magician. That's right. That used magic. Yeah. Sure, it could be argued whether or not it was actually just illusionism, but when you read the comic, you get a sense of it to be this supernatural kind of magic, yeah. and not just parlor tricks. It's magic until the contrary is proved. Until proven contrary. Yeah, sort of. So, I don't see a problem with magic being added. Uh, at least when it's a superhero genre. Mm. If you were going for a sci-fi at that point i guess we could have some objections to it but (laughs) then we're gonna have a problem yeah (laughs) you've gone too far man but i mean also you looking in certain sci-fis you have people with psychic abilities that go into the more or less supernatural yeah because you have people that they they might be psychic or or have telekinesis, pyrokinesis, whatever. A mental ability. Yeah, but exactly. But the genre by itself is still sci-fi. Yeah. Even though you have this element that is clearly not really scientific. It's very mystical. Yes. But, I mean, you could always bullshit something about cosmic rays or uh, magnetic fields or... Everything has a natural explanation. Midi-chlorians. <laughs> Midi-fucking-chlorians, yeah. <laughs> 
everything has a perfectly natural explanation, no matter how, how contrived it is. It's bullshit. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but it's my kind of bullshit. <laughs> but yeah, I, from, from just the basics of it, it's it's really a sort of game that I would enjoy playing. Oh, that good. you you have the freedom to to create your own kind of hero and shape it, form it after more or less any sort of idea you have. Yeah, which is why I really like helping you to expand upon the game and such. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's opening up to a lot of uh, how do you say. A lot of possibilities. And hilarity. And don't forget hilarity. Don't forget hilarity. <laughs> I will never forget well, the hilarity. Also, you've approached this, I have to say, with a, a lot of tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. Like, for instance, how uh, certain government agencies have been formed. <laughs> yeah. You're just talking about your freaks, mm-hmm. how they formed groupings and... Some of your um, bad guys, so to say, they they are really out there. They're more of a parody than anything else, in my opinion. Yeah, and I am under the firm opinion that you really you really need to go into something with the heel kick, so to say. Take it with the heel kick. I don't know the that, that, equivalent. Yeah, of that. that's a Swedish expression. It doesn't really. Uh, translate that well. well now it's an english one you're welcome <laughs> basically what it means is not taking it too serious exactly yeah just just sort of go with it yeah kind of yeah exactly i mean i i, I do have certain elements that can be kind of serious and well when it needs to be serious it can be serious i mean it's all what you make of it really but a lot of it i do with the sort of yeah, like we said, tongue-in-cheek, because there's a lot of things that... Well, a lot of things are good ideas for what I'm trying to do, but a lot of things are more or less parodies of, uh, like you said, like like you said, parody of already existing things or tropes that exist or bad guys that exist. And I do try to get it all into one neat little package, because if you really want... Let's say, for example... Well, let's say, for example, villains. Like, if you really want to have the kind of dark, brooding w- villain that is, yeah, <laughs> he, he is more black than black coffee, so to say, and he's more serious than uh, tax returns, so. <clears throat> I've I never seen tax returns being serious, but okay. It's a weird analogy, but I'm trying to do my best <laughs> of it. <laughs> and then, on the other hand, you have that kind of villain that is, uh, well, for for instance, we we you can have that kind of villain that is more like I'll get you next week, <laughs> and then just laughs away. The, into the, the classical fight. sort of uh, mustache twirling. twirling. Yeah, I- I- exactly. And you you have like I am Captain Doomsday, and I am here to defeat you, or something like that. And th- this all this can really be flipped onto the uh, the heroes as well, because then you can really have. The kind of heroes, well, the dark brooding hero, that the <laughs> the edge lord, so to say, and then you really can have the, the not Batman, the totally not Batman, whatever you're trying to say, <laughs> the flying mammal man. 
doesn't really ring that well. <laughs> Flying Mammal Man. <laughs> Flying Mammal Man. Well, it sort of rings well, doesn't it? No, no. <laughs> Good God, no. Hmm. <laughs> Mental note has been added. <laughs> but you, you can have that kind of uh, hero that, uh, yeah, s- sits up on the rooftops and like, this city has a disease and I'm here to, uh, you know, all that. <laughs> and then you have the vigilante that's like, yeah, I am just here to clean up the street because the police aren't doing anything. Y- yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And then you can really have the Captain Underpants like, ah, vile villain, I am here to kick your butt. Like, like that. So, very dapper. Very dapper, I know. <laughs> it was more British so, than I anticipated. Suddenly, I'm, I'm thinking of the classical strongman in the suit, but with a top hat, monocle, and, and a twirly mustache. Ooh. I like that. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. <laughs> this is the fun Captain thing sitting un- here. Pants. What the fuck? <laughs> this is the fun thing that really sitting and talking about this because I really get like, yeah, what if you did like this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my brain is like, do you know that's not a good, bad idea? <laughs> but looking at all this on a technical standpoint, mm-hmm. um, I'm thinking of the system by itself. We've been working together on having a system unique for your game. Yeah, it's hard as nails. Rule sets and and uh, stuff like this. Yeah, but have you ever considered just instead of creating your own system like that, uh, have you have you considered just making your game as a setting that can be applied on a already existing uh, existing system? Yeah. I, I know, the, the, the thought has uh, has been with me, um, and I, I have been thinking about it. Like, for instance, the World, World of Darkness system is very, well, diverse in that you can do a lot of things with it, and I would guess that you can do sort of for this, or maybe you could even use your system from the steampunk game, if I may be so bold. Oh, of course. <laughs> so you, you can even do like that, like, that's gonna take some implementation for the uh, all this, uh, the mechanics I have thought about for for the powers, and that is still within the development stage of uh, what you can do with powers, some, all kinds of attacks, and what, what are you gonna um, roll the dice against, and all that but I have given giving it the thought of maybe implementing an already existing, um system. But then I thought I do really want to do something unique to this game because it would be really gonna sound <laughs> very high and mighty and up there and like I really want to make us uh <laughs> make a impact with an all with the unique system to a unique setting, so to say. Mm. And mostly because I think it's more fun because then you have like okay, you're gonna do Roll this to that and this to that. Trying to make it more streamlined and trying to implement something, so to say. Mm. So that is my thoughts about that. Because, yeah, it would be easier for... Well, if you're going to test the game, yeah, I, I think it would be easier to implement an already existing. But but I would, I would say it's going to be more fun to make a, um, a unique system to the whole thing. Yes, indeed. <laughs> 
And I would uh, almost think that you feel the same about your your game. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Um, the whole reason why I'm making my own rule sets and mechanics is it makes it easier for me to modify the game as a whole. Mm. And that is kind of why I'm poking at you uh, with your game, because I know from experience how how easy it is to uh, sort of get locked in mm. when the system by itself doesn't really allow to do the things you want to do. Yeah. Now, as we all know, when it comes to tabletop role-playing games, rules are more like guidelines. <laughs> yeah. You don't really need to follow them. I mean, yeah. But they're kind of a good way to make sure that everyone is on the same terms yeah. and how things work. Yeah, exactly. I think you said, this wasn't a long time ago, but you said about the Dungeons and Dragons system. Mm-hmm. That it is very restrictive. In my opinion, it is. <laughs> Care to elaborate? Well, for one, I find it uh, limiting in the way it's supposed to be run. Because in its basics, I'm not sure about 5th ed or 4th ed, but I know that from the get-go, it was actually just flavor to uh, figures. Mm. To... to run battles with figures mm. uh, and they turn into the dungeon crawl and you you were still supposed to use figures for the battles and the game in itself is i'm not sure if i can say so without res- getting counter arguments but in my opinion the game is very american in that <laughs> it is very uh, squared into the uh, the tactical part of the game. Mm. You're supposed to have a group that consists of a fighter uh, or a someone that is melee, usually tank, some support class, and damage dealers. The whole World of Warcraft group. Uh, yes, World of Warcraft, Warcraft, but I mean, the, now we're talking old school. Yeah, exactly. They, they, I mean, they got their idea from that yeah. in my opinion i can't say it really was like that for, but yeah um and the way you make characters is that you have a class you get feats and certain uh skills that go with that uh even though all, all characters can train skills the feats are many times dependent on what class you are mm. And the way that I've been playing role-playing games, it's more of a free system in that you don't really have a class. You might have a vocation or a previous occupation. Mm. But when it comes to the character mechanics, you might have attributes, you might have skills, uh, and, and certain abilities but it's not that oh i pick a fighter and now i can only do things related to the fighter or no, I uh, if fight. i want to do spells uh i need to take a uh, spellcasting class and i get all the pros and all the cons that comes with that mm. but from the games i've been playing is that you can 
for example, create your character as a melee champion. Mm. But along the way, or even at character creation, you might throw in abilities that might not be typical for the melee champion. Mm. Like stealth, spellcasting, uh, bow and arrow. Yeah. It adds nuance to the already existing yeah. thing. I'm, I actually had a conversation with a guy on Minds about this. Mm. And he, in his opinion, class is a really good way to uh, structure a group. Mm. To make sure that everybody knows their role in the group and, and when they're playing. And I can see the argument uh, if, if that's the kind of game you're playing. It's not the kind of games I've been playing, and therefore I'm not really thinking in that uh, way. Mm. That, oh, you're going into a dungeon. Okay, you need someone to soak the damage while you have someone else dealing it, and then you have someone to support you. Someone who heals us. (laughs) So it's just, uh, when it comes down to it, it's just in the way you're playing the game. Mm. But... What uh, what makes the Dungeons and Dragons system so restrictive, in my opinion, especially is the experience point system mm. that you are you're required to uh, gain this and that amount of experience before you can improve your character. Mm. In the games I've been playing, you still need to, for example, complete a, a session before you get points to spend to improve your character. But at the same time, if you perform actions within the game, you might still improve your character during the session, mm. depending on the, the, the game master and the... <clears throat> how the game uh, as a whole is going and stuff like this. Yeah. Or just that you get a lot and a lot more points at the end of the session and, and so and so. Mm. But what is good with a, so to say, point-based system instead of an experience point system mm. is that once you get the points, you can put them wherever you want to, however you want to, instead of uh, in Dungeons and Dragons, you level up, and then you gotta take a look. Okay, what level am I? What am I uh, gaining for this level? What may I do to improve? Or what am I allowed to improve with this level? Mm. So, again, it's down to, to your preference in game, but I prefer a freer system. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree on that. And, and I, I, I do think that is why. I have drawn some inspiration from the way that you have made your role-playing games, and and I, I have sort of grown attached to that whole thing that you are free to do as you please with the kind of uh, <clears throat> perks and all that that you choose, mm-hmm. so that you, you are free to do very nuanced kind of characters, and you can make a, a group of characters that is, well, that is could, that it could be diverse, but it could also be mm-hmm. four people playing Super Strength and just, well... It's clobbering time. Yeah. And if that's the case, let's see how you, you manage the situations that I, as a GM, throw at you. Yeah. It, it doesn't mean that I need to... Enter s- the sadistic GM. It doesn't mean that I have to go all evil and it's like, ha you don't have a healer! Fuck you! Because <laughs> that would be cruel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it's sort of the dynamic 
between the the GM and the group of players. Yeah. To find that balance of how what kind of play style do they have? What kind of expectations do you have as a GM? What can you together do to make this a fun experience? Yeah. That is kind of why I'm not really worried about things like power gaming and such. Mm. Because, uh, sure, th- there will always be people that, that prefer to go the min-max or power game kind of route. Yeah. But as much as it, they might like to play like that, it is also down to the GM to to approve of that kind of style of game. Yeah, of course. So I mean, min-max could be... It could be a recipe for, for really fun situations, really. Absolutely. It depends on the kind of game you want to play. And also, I mean, if you have a player that does a min-max character, but plays it really well, mm. that it doesn't really break the game as a whole, mm. there's no problem. Yeah, exactly. But what are your plans for your game at this moment? Oh, now... I would say my plans lie a little bit in developing a very fluent system so you can play this, uh, play all the mechanics without <laughs> looking like a birdhouse and just, what the <laughs> hell? I, I think that's also an, another one of them Swedish expressions. Well, get looking cultured, like Anglosphere! <laughs> <laughs> looking like a birdhouse, it's... Looking very confused. Well, if you Google a picture of a birdhouse, you're going to see that little hole in that kind of house, and just then you're going to understand. <laughs> or you just get <laughs> a lot of references to the movie or whatever it was called, Birdhouse. That would be the bird box. Was that the bird box? Yes. Okay. My, my mistake. But yeah, yeah. The, the, I would say my, some of my plans lie in developing that kind of... Uh, that kind of... Um, system so everything just runs smoothly and that and i also develop can i see if i can develop well integration of all things all the sources of powers and all that into the existing world and also that maybe expand develop said world and i have mm-hmm. i am really got into uh, the whole world of it uh, well, no, not in this episode. I think I have touched upon it in earlier episodes, but uh, but uh, yeah, I, everything. Yeah, it 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 does sort of lie in developing existing things and trying to make everything not seem out of place and or contrived, so to say. Mm. So yeah, I would say yeah. For <laughs> step one, just yeah, that. Step two. <laughs> Step three. Profit. Right. <laughs> I too looking forward to the Step three part. Yeah. Yeah. I can see. But, um, I, I mean, there, there's a lot of things we could keep going over. I mean, a yeah. project like this is really big. Yeah. I mean, it's really uh, extensive and, uh, like I said, there are some part, there are some things we haven't really touched upon, not in this, uh, not in these, uh, well, season, if you want to call it that. <laughs> um, uh, well, for instance, uh, both of our 
well, actual physical worlds and how mm. we have um, gone our way to create them. But that's going to be something we touch upon a little later. Yeah, I think we could actually make a episode dedicated to world building. Yeah. Like that. And then we can we can talk about, like I said, our world, how we have gone away to world building. If it's, uh, well, if our preference are soft or hard world building. But yeah, all in, all that in later, in later episodes. Yes. So, with that said, do you have any final words? Hmm, my ancestors are smiling at me, Imperials. Can you say the same? Ha! <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Okay, well, it's, uh, as always, been fun. It has. It has. Not too many sidetracks this time, no, which is I, good. Yeah, it's exactly. an improvement. <laughs> it is an improvement. I mean, <laughs> may have but something next to time. <laughs> next time, we promise no such improvements. <laughs> so, uh, with that, uh, if people find this interesting, please let us know. You mm-hmm. can always send us an email at... Uh, dead.red.herring at gmail.com yeah or you can uh, find us on Minds just search for Dead Red Herring should find us there <clears throat> and you can tell us what you think about all this if you think that a superhero game is a good thing or you'd like to know more or you know whatever if you have any suggestions even yeah nothing about if it's a bad idea <laughs> It would be fun to hear what you think. But uh, with that said, thank you for listening, and uh, until next time, yeah, have a good one. Ayer. Yeah.